Hey guys, this is Adam from the podcast and you are listening to Quick Clips. Quick Clips are condensed versions from one of our previous podcast episodes, featuring some of the interesting things our guests had to say. If you want to hear the full episode, we'll have it in the show notes below. And with that, let's start the show. So I was big into mini trucks, so I, I bagged it, put a stereo in it, uh, shaved the door handles, you know, all the typical mini trucker stuff. I just kept doing more and more and more to it every day. And it was like, man, I, I think I want to go do this for a profession. I really want to learn how to customize cars and paint cars and do all this. And I actually, because of that, went to UTI and, and uh, got certified there for uh, all the iCar stuff, which... Everyone says is is not that great, but as long as you pay attention, man, you learn so much stuff from that. Like good stuff, though, man. Like it was it was a it was a good school. Learned a lot there. Came back, went into this industry, and uh, but just been trying to grow ever since. I never stopped wanting to learn, so it's always been a consistent learning process. Good deal. So. Now I'm going to ask a couple of questions about the S10, and one of them I know is vitally important to the audience that we're talking to, which is what stereo system did you go with in the S10? It was cheap. <laughs> I had like a, I think I had JBL uh, 12s. And, JBL uh, is cheap? Now, well, now they're, you know, they're not as bad, but back then it was like, I think it was like the ones that you could get like uh, Best Buy had them, like the starting line, kind of like what you could get. From your point of view, I mean, this is a little bit of a different college experience, um, especially when it comes to like the service-based kind of industries. Do you think that um, doing something like that was a little bit more beneficial for you than the traditional kind of like service college, um, service technology college route where it's a two-year degree and then you go into the industry? Or do you think that like apprenticeship might have even been the better way to go for, for you? So I tried apprenticeship. Like I actually worked at a, a shop called Color Key and the guy was a great guy, but he just did not have the time because he's trying to make money. So, and it was, it was a good shop. He knew a, a lot about painting, which I think I really wanted. I wanted to be a painter before I became a body man. And I quickly realized that I don't like painting. Um, not for the fact that it's not fun to do more along the lines of the chemicals. I just, I was like, man, that's way too many chemicals to deal with on a, on a consistent basis. Even though you're breathing in dust at, at these shops, if you don't have a respirator on 24 seven, the dust in the air is, you know, it's everywhere. But, um, it was like, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm not learning fast enough, man. And, uh, and for me, I would, like that's like a, I really want to just take as much information in as I can. And this guy, he tried and uh, I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. So I left that shop, went to another one and the same thing happened. And I was like, I, I just kept finding myself being like, man, I want to weld. I want to do body work. You know, I want to, I want to measure this frame. Like I want to do all these things. And they would be like, well, you got to learn how to do it first. And I'm like, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to show me and I'll, I'll retain this information. I really want this. And uh, a lot of them thought I was crazy. Because uh, as a younger guy getting into that industry, it was a lot of older guys at the time. Yep. And they were all like, man, you know, why do you want to get into this? And, you know, what, what's, you know, the, to the appeal to them had died off a long time ago because they'd been burnt out. And uh, I remember just thinking, man, I got to I got to go somewhere. And then I was like, all right, UTI, that's that's it. That's the one. Did a little bit of research and was like, I literally packed up my truck with uh I had two dogs at the time, two, two, uh, large dogs. Uh, like one was like 80 pounds and the other one was like 65 pounds. So I packed, I packed up my little S 10. I rebuilt the suspension. I had air suspension on it. So still I rebuilt the suspension in four days and packed my truck up and drove to Houston. No apartment, nothing. Just <laughs> it's like, I'm doing this. 
went there, signed up and got in school and, and, and made it work. <laughs> That's awesome. So as I grew and I became a, a better technician, I, I, I realized one day through social media that I was like, man, I think I can use social media to help other technicians and uh, just show them my techniques, even if they do it better than if they do it better, I can learn. So I'm like, I'll take that and, you know, run with it. So I started a channel called Custom Cars and Collision. And uh, it, it grew really quick because it was all about like, hey, this is what I do. This is how I'm doing it. Um, I'm not like, hey, look at me. I'm great. It's not like a show off thing. It was more like a this is how I do this technique and this is the result that I get. And uh, just quick clips and, and fast tips and things like that. And uh, it blew up man. it was crazy. I was like, I can't believe people actually are interested in this. And then I, I realized like there's there's other aspects of social media that I was like, man, I really want to do this. Like, I think this is something that that would uh, be better long term than than, you know, beating on cars with hammers and just jumping up and down on frame racks and, you know, just wearing myself out because it's it's a very uh, strenuous job. You make great money. It's 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 uh, fed my family for, you know, 10 years. But it's been one of those things where it was like, man, like I, I can't do this until I'm uh, 60 like this yeah. by the time I'm 60, I'm not going to produce the same amount of hours. So, you, you know, but you also get smarter as you get older too. But you know, like as you get better, the, the, the thing was, as I got better, it was like, man, I want to share this. And, uh, it was because of all those guys that I had ran into in the past that were like, you know, rather than constructive criticism or rather than any kind of, uh, encouragement, like, or teaching, it was always like, oh, you're going to mess that up turn, you know, and they just turn and walk. And that was it that, you know, they, they never explained, Hey, you know, if you did it this way, it would be better. And I understand, I get, I get that. Like, kind of like you said, it's that mentality of like, I got to make my money and that's, an, you know, you're another mouth and you're going to take off the hours that are coming to the shop. And especially at the time when I was getting in, it's like the uh, DRP scene was like super, like super like heavy. And it was like, if you didn't make them happy, you know, they were, they were pulling work from you. And if the technician saw that work was getting pulled from the shop, they were immediately like, you know, like they'd tear a car halfway down and be like, put it outside. And I need another car. I need another car, you know, like, so it just, it escalates. And I think, uh, I think what you're saying about like the older generation, uh, being, if they were put on like a salary, man, and they, they could spend that time like sculpting the new technician, the new technicians would get so much better so quick. And they would be able to produce those hours that that guy can't produce anymore because his body won't let him. Yeah. You know? And uh, and I think that's caused a really a big problem in the uh, industry at this moment right now because everybody I know that is still in the collision shops says there's no technicians out there. And if uh, and if there are technicians out there and they're good, they're not leaving because the shops won't let them leave. They pay them. You know, they they end up giving them raises. They give them what they want. But you know, essentially. But uh, it used to be, you know, like there was a dime a dozen. There was always, you know, five guys walking in every day. Now it's like you put an ad out there and you're lucky if you get two or three people, you know, and this is in central Florida where I'm at. So it's like, you know, there's tons of people here and it's a transient city. So there's constantly people coming in and out, but it's not, uh, it's not the same anymore. It's not, there's not as many people filling those positions which is sad. Hey guys, Adam from the podcast. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. Just wanted to ask you a quick favor. If the show has brought you value in some way, would you mind giving us a review and sharing the show? It really helps the show get out there. Also, if you are looking to expand the services that your shop offers and you want to do more than collision work, 
you should really check out our company, Clarity Coat. Clarity Coat is a peelable paint that allows body shops to offer color changes cheaper than a repaint while still looking like real paint. You can also offer clear protection that has no edges and is sprayed instead of laid. Unlike vinyl and PPF, Clarity Coat can be sanded and polished, so you can give your customer the exact look that they are wanting. If you are looking to expand your shop services, go to ClarityCoat.com and fill out our Become an Installer form. All right, let's get back to the show. Did you ever come across something like that yourself when you were doing these social media kind of posts? Like, did you have someone commenting something and asking you a question? You're like, oh, damn, I actually have zero idea how to how to explain that, how to show it or whatever. And then afterwards, uh, you look back a year later and you're like, man, I'm, I know a lot more just because of me teaching other people and showing other people how to do this. Yeah, for sure. There was there was many times where I was like, man, how do I word this so that they know like the technique? Because you're like, you're like, yeah, you just do this. But the whole time you like, you know, you're holding an air hose or you're you, like you said, you got the towel held a certain way, but you're not thinking it's already second nature. It's muscle memory for you. You're just like done, you know, and here I am saying, you know, doing that saying, you know, this is how you do this. And then I'm not like explaining, okay, well, like this is how you do it just in case if it's cold, you know, like the material is going to react a little bit differently. You know, if it's a cold panel or if it's a, you know, hot day, like, you know, you need to know how to mix this properly. Like if you're mixing filler, you know, like on, on a hot day, it's like, you just use a little tiny bit less uh, hardener. And, and, you know, if you use too much, it's going to harden up on you like right away. Or if you're using a seam sealer that's runny and it's a cold day and you're trying to put that seam sealer on there and, and level like self-leveling seam sealer, right? That's a, that's a good example. If, if it's a cold day and it's self-leveling seam sealer and you don't heat that panel up with a, with a heat gun just to get it at least to like 75, 80. Mm. Uh, and then you heat the, the tube up a little bit even, uh, that stuff is going to just be like runny for the whole, t for 20 minutes. So you'll try to put it on something, especially if it's vertical, like uh, Audi has a very uh, thin uh, vertical seam sealer on most of their cars. That's uh, very uniform and uh, you have to use self-leveling seam sealer. You can't use the heavy body because it'll just leave like a ripply gross looking line where you can be like, Oh, somebody definitely changed that. Those, those were the things that, that I learned like really quickly how to like, man, okay, this is how you do it. Like it was, it was like trying to explain that was like, well, you do it this way. That's, that's, that's what you do, you know? But then it was like, oh, but by the way, if you're in a cold climate and it's freezing cold, man, heat that panel up. If, if you don't have a heater nearby or something like that, you know, just put a heat gun on it for like, you know, five minutes and get it hot and then have it taped up and ready. And then once you're ready, seam seal it done. But that's, you know, it's a growing process. And I think that was part of the reason why I became a better tech, because like you said, like you're, you're explaining it and then you just become so much more adapt to, uh, the way that you do things that you're yeah. just like, okay, the process, and these are the variables. So you're doing collision in cars. Did you talk about what you did after UTI? I don't recall if you said anything about that. Uh, I spent a lot of time. I worked at, I think I worked at like four different places. Uh, during the time of my career, I worked at AutoNation. I uh, worked at Reed Nissan for six and a half years. So I, I worked in uh, I worked in like a couple dealerships and like one independent. The AutoNation was actually an independent. That was a good learning experience. It made me realize what I like and what I don't like, which was dealerships. Even though I spent the most time I, I worked at a dealership. So, <laughs> could you quickly kind of go down and talk about? 
what you the biggest differences for you between the two the two types of businesses progression like that was always the thing like it was always like i want to see forward movement i don't want to hit a plateau and when i hit a plateau i would always be like man i gotta look for somewhere that's gonna uh, give me the opportunity to achieve better i was always like man it didn't matter if it was a, a nissan altima or an r8 it was like you got to treat it the same way it's got it's someone's investment that's someone's life that's going in there their family and uh always like progressing to to do better so as i got to those cars it was like it was still the same mentality as when I was working at Nissan. It was like, I just got to keep doing better. I keep, keep progressing. And if there's more to learn, I got to learn it. What is it that you think that this is kind of a hard question to ask, but what is it that you're craving to learn right now? What's kind of like your next level that you're really itching to learn more about? Different cars, different things that maybe I haven't worked on before, but um, I want to really get into like mechanical sides of things now. Like I've rebuilt one engine like a while back and uh, I have a few, I have an engine at home that I want to build. And, uh, but I have a few things that I'm like, man, I want to learn more about boost. You know, you know, Jared uh, on the show, he knows a lot about that stuff. And, and Freddie knows a lot about that stuff. So I'm like, man, that's, that's something I'm like really eager to like, to get more knowledge about. Like I have general mechanic, like, uh, knowledge i've done it my whole life where it's like okay figure this out but it's like sometimes it's like kind of like oh hey you you did that wrong you could just do this this way like freddie actually showed me something uh, like the other day we were doing breaks and i was like you know i never thought about doing that but now it makes complete sense so but uh little things that i'm like man i just want to keep i want i want to keep progressing to where it's like man i could i could touch anything on a car and really feel confident not be the best you know like i never thought of myself as the best at anything but i always want to be really good there's someone listening that you know, is kind of the same age as you were when you were first starting off in the industry, you know, what would be some resources or advice or anything like that, that you would tell them to go check out? I definitely tell them to check out uh, Mike Anderson and Collision Hub. But number one thing is uh, get your shop to get a uh, repair manual. Anytime you repair anything, like especially structural stuff, um, read it, understand it. Um, but the number one thing that I would suggest for somebody out of everything is learn from everybody, even the people you don't like, because those people have knowledge that you don't, and it doesn't matter that they're not a cool guy or they're, they're not somebody that you really want to go hang out with after work. They can teach you something and they make you a better technician. And altogether, that's just going to be a win-win. So just pay attention and learn from everybody. All right, that does it for today's quick clips. If this episode has brought you value, would you mind giving us a review? Also, if you would like to learn more about Clarity Coat and what it can do for your business, please visit us at claritycoat.com. See you on the next one.